Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. We'll tell you, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean Chicken. Royal Pizza now has four locations in Calgary as well. Everything's real at Royal. We head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling, you need to get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy legacy healing and cooling. Uh, we bring aboard John Shannon. John, how you doing? Fine, Bob. You? Not bad. Uh, well, you mean this, are, we're not, you're not live from Tootsie's? I'm not live from Tootsie's, no. Oh, okay, just checking. Uh, we are. We're, getting, we're doing an event later tonight, though. And Oilers now. Oh, yeah. Event. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. There used to be a guy named J.R. Foley uh, on Stampede Wrestling. And he used to have fun with Eddie Whalen. And the shtick was, we're going to have a party, Ed, and you're not invited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm Ed. <laughs> Uh, I, I laughed when the Flames came in the NHL and Ed Whalen was doing their midweek games as a play-by-play caller because I'd grown up watching Stampede Wrestling back in the day. Yeah, I was uh, one of those guys that had to work with Eddie all, all those years. He was a treat to work with. He oh, yeah, I heard he was just a prince of a fellow. Um, Absolutely, now, did you ever, yeah. did, you, did you ever produce uh, wrestling by chance? <laughs> no, 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 please no. You're not a wrestling fan of soap opera for boys? Uh, I think I take wrestling for what it is. Entertainment. Uh, and that's what it is. It's entertainment. All right, let's get to it. Uh, the Oilers 6 and one going to last night's game against Minnesota. The Wild had beaten Edmonton 4-1 in a game in which... They were undermanned, uh, but Cam Talbot made 38 saves and then uh, pounded the Oilers at the end of a stretch in a, a five games in seven days uh, and, and beat Edmonton 7-3 in a night where Mike Smith gave up four on seven. Last night, you know, some just egregious giveaways, hard-pressed four-check by the Wild. I thought Minnesota won a little bit of the gamesmanship battle, and that kind of concluded that way with the whole situation with Kane and lots of people have lots of perspectives. Give me uh, your thoughts. Is it just a bad matchup for Edmonton, or does it expose some weaknesses with Edmonton? What happens when they play Minnesota? Yeah, I, you know, that's a great question. Um, uh, you know, I also think that Dean Evison prepares his team uh, pretty well to, uh, you know, Evison's an old defensive centerman. And probably has a good idea how to prepare his teams for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, I also think that the, the philosophy right now in the Central Division uh, of uh, what those some of those teams do, how physical those teams are, does not suit what the Oilers are right now. Um, so from that perspective, I, I thought that... Uh, uh, you know, you're right about the giveaways, but uh, I think Minnesota was full marks for forcing those giveaways. Minnesota was full marks for the uh, for the aggressive 
forecheck and and uh, use of the body in the offensive zone. And it it, it seems to compound itself. The last two times that the the Oilers have really lost embarrassing games, um, the one in Calgary and then last night, is that they really look bad doing it. And and that's you know I mean it's still a loss of two points. It's not a loss of ten points, but they they looked like they were outplayed at every moment. Yeah, it's a, a fair assessment. Um, what'd you make of the? Situation at the end of the game. I mean, uh, Yamamoto gets in it with Zuccarello, Kaprizov, and Yamamoto get into it. Yamamoto gives as good as he gets, and Kane comes in to defend Yamamoto, and their whole team obviously is going to protect Kaprizov. The Oilers had some late arrivals. Now, some have said, well, those guys were 100 feet away from the play. Uh, others have said, nope, not quick enough. How do you see all what transpired there? Well, I think it happened awfully quickly when uh, Evander Kane got into the into the fray, uh, and by the time anybody got there, it was it was almost to the point where the lines were already breaking things up, and and you do that and you get in the way of the linesman, then you run the risk of a few things. Um, you, you know, quite frankly, what from from sitting in uh, in my chair at uh, in the office, uh, I mean, I watched Evander Kane do an amazing job strong-handing the situation he had. I was quite impressed with how he, he he fulfilled what he had to do. And you realize how strong he is as a person. Um, but, hey, Bob, I, I, I've watched the last four or five nights, uh, not just the Minnesota-Edmonton game, but the level of emotion, the level of playing at the edge or over the edge is growing constantly. Yes. Teams try to prepare for the playoffs or get into the playoffs. And I see no reason why it won't be any different tomorrow night against Nashville, who have become one of the most aggressive teams in the National Hockey League when it comes to fisticuffs. All right. So on that note, so we know what Kane brings. I mean, I had some guy sort of imply to me last night that he was a spot picker. I'm like, what the hell are you talking oh, about? Oh, I don't think so. He's I the only, so. like, he's he's got 280 goals and he's fought Ryan Reeves and Zidane O'Chara. You're not picking your spots if you're fighting those guys. Um, but I, I I will say this. The Oilers have got, like, you know, they got four guys 22 to 20, uh, 23, right? So Paul Yarvey and Yamamoto are 23. Bouchard and McLeod are 22. Paul Yarvey 6'4". Bouch is 6'3". McLeod 6'2". And Yamamoto is 5'8". Who's, who, who's got the most pushback amongst those four players? See, I'm a motor uh, all day. The smallest guy does, yeah, absolutely. And he, but, yeah, uh, he, but here's the thing. You you mentioned those four guys. Um, and I and I say I'm, I'm not being negative. I, I'm just I think I'm stating a uh, a reality. Is there's not a mean bone in, a, in any of those bodies. There's not one mean bone. Yeah. Uh, they 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 play they play the modern game. And I'm right. not saying that that's right or wrong. They play the we, modern game, which is the skating game, and it's not no interference, and it's you know use your body without creating collisions, and 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 don't be and don't be a cheap shot artist. You know, all of them. Uh, I mean, the closest guy to be an aggressive guy is 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 Yamamoto, um, and and you know, pound for pound, he might be one of the toughest guys in the National Hockey League. All right, so John, you just said it. It's ramping up. It's getting more intense. Are these guys gonna? Is it something that grows and evolves over time with a player? I think so. Um, I, I think that it comes with with 
years of understanding what the price you have to pay to win a championship. You know, the awareness of what you have to do on the ice to win, period. Uh, some guys learn it earlier than others. Some guys, it takes you to the year 25 or 26 or 27 years old. It's funny, we had uh, Chris Pronger uh, on our podcast this morning, Bob, and we ended up talking about this. And Chris Pronger, by the time he was in Edmonton and went on to Anaheim, was one of the meanest SOBs in the history of the game. Loved him that year in Edmonton. What was that? Loved him that year in Edmonton. Oh, sure. And by the way, he he admitted he loved playing in Edmonton, too, for the record. And I did not ask him why he left. It was supposed to be a fun interview. Um, what I would tell you, though, is that he admitted it took him to year four or five in the NHL to learn how to pay the price. This is Chris Pronger, six foot six Chris Pronger, admitting it took him five years to learn how to play at that level of meanness and discipline to win. So, you know, we look at Evan Bouchard, we look at Yamamoto. Yes, he is still a big galoot of a kid. <laughs> um, I mean, because that's what he is. He's a big galoot of a kid. And God bless him. But they are still learning how to pay the price to win. And perhaps last night was a good starting point to say, okay, what are you going to do to be better than those guys physically? Well, how are you going to use your body? What price are you going to pay? And I guarantee you that Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson, Dave Manson of all people, Dave Manson would know what to say to those guys after the game. Yeah, absolutely. We're joined right now by John Shannon for Legacy He and Cooling. Yes, the Pugliarvi has sparked a massive debate on the Oiler Twitterverse, to paraphrase Pete Shirelli. Um, I think he can be a 22-23 goal, 50-point, plus 10-15 player, real good middle six forward. I don't know if he's going to get mm -hmm. the 30. I don't know if he's going to get the 30 goals. I don't know if he's got the natural offensive instinct through the hands. What, what do you think, John? I think he really needs somebody to, to teach him how to use his hands better. You know, there, there are, it's funny, goaltending goal -tending coaches are out there to help goaltenders improve on a daily, weekly, and yearly basis. There are now guys that can teach people how to stick handle better, how to pass better, how to shoot better. I would suggest to you, with all the physical tools that Yessa has, he needs to improve his hands and how to shoot the puck. He really does. He needs to improve, and they need to find a way, whether it's he personally or his agent or the team, find a shooting specialist to help Yessi Pugliarvi's hands improve around the net. Other than, if, with that in mind, I think there's huge upside. And I also think that it's possible to improve those hands and the hand-eye. But, you know, as I said earlier, the, he's a big galoot of a guy. He has a body that is, we, we saw what he does in front of the net. If he just, even by leaning on somebody, we, we know what he can do. His skating has improved. He's not afraid to go into the corners anymore, and he's not afraid to chase a guy for 100 feet. But his hands need to be better, and he needs to work on that hand-eye. And that's something I think that the club, once they get him signed to a new deal, 
or his agent once they once the agent gets a, gets to a point where they they know that it can help put money in his pocket that I think that that needs to happen. Yeah, it's going to be an intro. It's going to be a tough game tomorrow against Nashville, isn't it, John? Oh, it is. They are. They are a. I mean, I watched uh, part of the San Jose game. Uh, they are. They, David Poyle, John Hines has this team taking no prisoners. No prisoners right now. They are fighting tooth and nail for that one of those wild card spots, and they will do anything, anything to win. Um, and on top of that, they have two guys that have had good comeback seasons in Duchesne and Johansson. Uh, and then they've got, in my mind, the Norris Trophy winner on the back line with Roman Yossi, and they've got a great goalie in, in Saros. So uh, this is a, this is going to be a tough physical event for the Oilers, uh, and they better be up for it. Because it didn't happen. It didn't appear as though they were ready for it last night. Like they kind of survived the first couple shifts, and Pulleyarvi missed a chance on a yeah. negotiate contact on a backdoor play, and then they gave away the goal. And you know, Duncan yeah. he's going to bounce back because he's he's a vet, and he's got to help Evan, or, or Evan Bouchard do the same with that pairing. And and that becomes the that becomes the, and you've been in the meetings with Jay when Jay talks about the first five minutes and about the emotional yep. charge that a, a team has to do in the first five or ten minutes of a game. And when you get one of your best players with a giveaway as egregious as that Duncan gave away, um, the emotion of your team changes as well. You know, and 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 you know, tomorrow night's a night where Connor and 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 Leon have to show up too. And that's it not hurts. a knock at them, but that's not a knock at them. But that's just a reality of what has to happen. You know, if we put if we're, if we're starting to talk about part trophy candidates, and you're putting you know Matthews and Yossi and Goudreau and Connor in that conversation, it's a game like tomorrow night that Connor has to make a difference. Oilers, John, have only scored seven goals in their last four games. Uh, the good news is they're two one and one in those four, so they've got five points. Their right wings, Pulleyarvi's got one and fourteen. By my count, he's played on the top two lines for twelve of those games. Yamamoto hasn't scored in nine. Derek Ryan hasn't scored in eighteen, and Zach Cassian hasn't scored in twenty-three. Those are the Oilers' four right wings. So they're yeah, going yeah. to need somebody to pop. I'm going to leave you with this. Richard has texted the show. Uh, he has said, "Party at my place tonight, Ed. You're not invited." And he adds, I love Stampede Wrestling in the meantime and in between times. So there you go. We pay homage uh, to Eddie Whalen. Great stuff. Thanks, John. He, I tell you what, he was one of my favorites. He was such a professional. I would leave you with this. He had the world's worst hairpiece, Bob. World's worst hairpiece. And we'd come off the plane and the charter onto the tarmac, and he'd turn to you, and if it was windy, he'd say, Hey, kid! It's chin strap weather. And hold on to his toupee so it wouldn't blow off. <laughs> uh, the last redeeming quality I have, John, is my hair. So I know. You're getting, you're getting massive compliments for keeping it long. And I think Kathy probably agrees. Oh, there you go. Flattery gets you everywhere. Thanks, John. We'll talk Monday. Actually, no, we'll talk Cheers. Wednesday. It's the best avoiders now, otherwise known as an oxymoron show. So there you go. Yeah, well, this is a country that used to have the progressive conservative party, too. So <laughs> Think about it. Can't have a progressive conservative. There. <laughs> <laughs> Military <laughs> intelligence? Honest politics. <laughs> Jumbo shrimp. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Thanks, John. Cheers. That is John Shannon. It's 149 in Edmonton. We'll wrap up orders now after this. Just a special shout out at 151 in Edmonton to everybody that's taken time to text us. We've got hundreds and hundreds of texts that have come in. Kev uh, says, Bob, you could do a whole show on Stampede Wrestling. He says, like when Bad News Alan Pyle drove Archie the Stomper's son in 84 on the concrete, I was botching as an eight-year-old in terror. That one comes to us from Kev. That was a tough one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was tough, all right. The Don, who is always listening, says the orders aren't tough enough to compete for the Stanley Cup. Ken Holland has failed our blue-collar town. We need to compete crash, pound, and outscore the opposition. We don't have it, and it's all Holland's fault, says the Don. The Don, Ken Holland uh, inherited a team that had a 477 winning percentage over the two previous years. He's at 610 in his three seasons at Edmonton. I do think it is my belief that the Oilers will target a little bit more truculence in the off season. I could foresee that happening. So you'll be happy the Don. All right, let's go to the Stan Oilers history for New West Travel. Again, we got a New West Travel roadie here in Smashville. Uh, we're gonna be at an event tonight. It's gonna be a kicker. We're gonna have a, uh, well, we're gonna have some, some A-listers that are uh, gonna be making an appearance tonight. Obviously not named yours truly. You can register now for an Oilers road trip in the playoffs. Visit newwesttravel.com. Going back in the state. Oh, I remember this. We were live on the air. It was in 2010. What do you got, Mr. Escott? It's weird to think that this was taking place at this time of year back then, but uh, the Oilers won the draft lottery, giving them the first overall pick in the June draft and the choice between Taylor and Tyler. Ultimately, of course, they took Taylor Hall, who played six seasons in Edmonton before being traded to New Jersey. Super Bowl Sunday, 2016. That's when I knew it was a possibility. Read between the lines. Something might be happening in the offseason that year. All right, Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight from 6 to 8 p.m. What's he got shaken? You will hear from Edmonton Elks offensive lineman uh, David Beard and the local man Mark Cordy and uh, Edmonton Oil Kings forwards Jake Neighbors and Dylan Gunther. All right, and again, the Edmonton Elks uh, back on board with Chorus and 6.30 Chad, Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, and Brandon Escott will be part of your broadcast crew. So congratulations for uh, re-upping uh, with the Edmonton Elks. And uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow. Guests will include for GCL Diesel, Louis DeBrusque, Sportsnet Color Analyst, and for our friends, for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar, Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network and ESPN. Uh, we're working on one other guest for tomorrow's show as well. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, then the 6.30 Ched Afternoons with Jay Lynn Nye. Back at you tomorrow at noon. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Ched.